presence this morning. Um, thank you, Lord, for Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for raising him from the dead. Thank you, Jesus, for paying for all of our sins, whether we are someone who has accepted that or not. Lord, you paid for it. You laid down your life for it. Uh, you took punishment that was not yours. And we praise you for that. But we praise you even more uh, that you rose from the dead and that you offer that to every one of us. That we can live transformed, that we can live differently in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you have come here this morning looking for phony religion, you have come to the wrong place. I hate phony religion. Uh, and many of us, probably all of us, have experienced phony religion. Uh, maybe you are someone like me, you were brought up in it, uh, and for me personally, I couldn't make the cut. Because I am a messed up person who needs Jesus constantly. And when I'm surrounded by people who pretend like they've got it all together and they keep sweeping things under the rug, I just, I can't take it. So if you've come for that, you're in the wrong place. If you've come for the living Jesus who is able to transform your life, you have come to the right place. Um, just this week, once again, the Lord reminded me of two things. He reminded me uh, of the sinner that uh, I sometimes choose to be. Uh, and He also reminded me how hard repentance is. And that's part of what we're going to talk about this morning. Repentance is the thing that makes the difference whether or not we will experience the life that Jesus offers. And repentance is a really hard thing because I don't want to admit that I'm being selfish. I want to pretend like I am thinking about others. That I am doing what's best. And it's really hard for me to admit otherwise. Uh, part of my lesson this week as I shared with the Sunday school, school class is I wanted to uh, cheat the DMV of $95 this week. Uh, and when the Lord confronted me with that, um, I rejected it, and I just acted like whatever, and then when He came to me again, I got mad. And I got mad at the person that He was using to present it to me. Uh, and I was so mad, and this was all over a uh, $300 boat trailer that I was selling, and the DMV wanted to charge me $95, and they wanted to charge this other guy uh, over $100. So for a $300 trailer, they wanted to collect over $200. And I was so mad about that, I wanted to take the trailer, park it in the ditch, and just let no one get the use out of it. That's how mad I was. And God began to uh, convict my heart and show me that I was thinking only of myself, I wasn't thinking of the others that would actually get use out of it. And, you know, I, I just. And here's the irony of it all. Most of you know that the same state that was trying to collect this, I, I work for that state. <laughs> and, as a matter of fact, I, maybe there's some of you here today that I've, I've written out uh, fines uh, for that state to collect. But this was about me <laughs> because this was hurting me. Uh, but here's the thing here's what I find. That when I'm real, 
And when I finally cave and I say, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm not doing what you want me to do. And I just lay it down and whatever you want for me to do, uh, that's when He comes in and He breathes in His life and He breathes in His life-giving water. And I just want to say that that's available for you today. And there's nothing like it. And part of what we're going to talk about today uh, is being blinded by the light. And here's what I mean by that. Light can make things visible for you. You need light. But when you and I choose darkness, and we continue to choose darkness, what happens is instead of that light opening things up for us to see, what happens is it's like walking out of a cave into brilliant light and you're just blinded and you can't see. Um. We're going to look at an account this morning where an angel of the Lord appears uh, to several different people. And two of those people choose the Lord out of it and it transforms their lives. And two of those people are blinded. And even though they see an angel of the Lord and they see the power of God coming through, they reject God and they choose darkness. And I just want to say to you this morning that within our power, every one of us here, we have the ability to choose dark darkness. And let me tell you this, the enemy will give you the justification to do it. Just like I wanted to cheat the DMV, man, I had the justification. (laughs) This is my money. Those dirty, rotten suckers do not deserve it. Why are they trying to? I I had it. Man, I can get out for you. But here's what it comes down to. They've got the authority. And I'm under that authority. And God says to me, you are to kneel to that authority, whether you think it's right or it's wrong. And so God has the power this morning to breathe life into you, but there's only one way that's going to happen. And that is you kneeling to His authority. And you have to decide whether you're going to choose that or not. The Scripture we're going to be looking at this morning is Matthew chapter 28. I'm going to begin in verse 1. We're going to be going through verse 15. Uh, And in this is the resurrection story. Uh, But there's some things I really want to key on here this morning that maybe you've thought about, maybe you haven't. Beginning in verse 1, it says this, Early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Now they were going out, they were in despair, Uh, they had seen Jesus, their king, who had performed numerous miracles in their presence, they had seen him uh, brutally beaten and killed. And so they were going out there with a sense of absolute defeat and despair, but that was about to be turned around. And I just want to say to you, maybe you're in a place in your life where you're feeling absolute defeat and despair. Uh, you can be turned around, but you can't do it, but Jesus can. So here's what happens in verse 2. Suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and His clothing was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw Him, and they fell into a dead faint. 
So these are men who've been trained to kill, okay? As Roman soldiers, most likely they had taken lives. They are trained to defend one person, an angel, just the sight, and they faint from fear. So can you imagine the power that's coming? I can't. I've never seen it. But obviously, this is something unbelievable. They faint with fear. Now, here's the thing though. As you're going to see later, they don't, they don't bow to Jesus though. Even though they faint with fear, they do not bow with Jesus. Maybe you are someone who has seen the power of God, but you have chosen not to bow to it. I just want to tell you this morning that if you continue on that path, you will be just like these guards and you will become an enemy of Jesus. It is so important that when we see light, that we react to it. Because if we don't, it no longer has the power to illuminate things to us. Instead, what it does is it begins to blind us. Now, there were others there though, as you've already heard, Mary and Mary Magdalene. And in verse 5, here's what it says, Then the angel spoke to the women, Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He's risen from the dead just as He said would happen. Come, see where His body was lying. And now, go quickly and tell His disciples that He is risen from the dead and He's going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see Him there Remember what I have told you. Now, when they saw the angel, they felt fear as well because of the power that was before them. But it turned out good for them because they were two people who were walking a life and a path of repentance. And they were looking to the Lord for their life. And so because of that, this power didn't overwhelm them, but instead this power came to them and said, don't be afraid. And so this morning, what I want to tell you is God holds the power of your life in His hands. And if you will receive Him, you do not have to be afraid. He wants to breathe new life into you and to give you new life. But if not, uh, I know there are many people that teach things today like there's no hell. That is false. There is a hell. Okay, God holds that power in your hands. Uh, in His hands. And so I just want to say to you this morning, all He's looking for is for people who will simply be open, honest, and bow to His authority. And when you do, um, He breathes life into us. It goes on, it says, the women ran quickly from the tomb. They were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to Him and grasped His feet and worshipped Him. Then Jesus said to them, Don't be afraid. Go tell My brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see Me there. They embraced Jesus because they didn't have to fear Him. Because they had bowed to Him and bowed to His authority. And so now that He had been raised from the dead, there's actually hope for them that they can be raised for the dead. This is a joyous moment for them. But it is not so for the soldiers. As we're going to find out, the soldiers must now try to sweep over what they have seen. And this is a dangerous place. And when we don't bow to the authority of God, this is where we go. 
We try to sweep things under the rug. We try to sweep over what we've seen. And we try to act like we haven't seen it. In verse 11 it says, As the women went on their way, some of the guards went into the city and told the leading priests what had happened. And this is the phony religious people, by the way. These are the people that claim to follow God. We've all encountered them. Maybe you're one of them. But these are people that are not actually bowing to the authority of God, even though they claim it. Verse 12, a meeting with elders was called and they decided to give the soldiers a large bribe. They told the soldiers, you must say, Jesus' disciples came during the night while we were sleeping and they stole his body. If the governor hears about it, we'll stand up for you so you won't get in trouble. So the guards accepted the bribe and said that they were told to say their story spread among the Jews and they still tell it today. These soldiers had witnessed the power of God through the presence of an angel. And despite all that, they were bought off with some money and they were willing to spread a lie. Maybe you're thinking to yourself this morning, well, I haven't quite given my life over to the Lord yet, but you know, um, if I could just see an angel... And, and, you know, if God would speak to me, because, you know, I've been praying for some things. Maybe you're like Shane there and you've been praying for some things. You know, you've got things that you want and he's not coming. So you're mad about it. Um, And you're saying to yourself, if he would do this and do that, I would give my life over to him. No, you would not. There's another story in the Gospels where uh, a man dies. He's named uh, Lazarus uh, and he goes to... uh, he goes to the presence of the Lord, but there was a rich man during Lazarus's time um, that didn't follow the Lord. He, was, he had everything, pleasure, whatever. He dies and, and he doesn't go to the presence of the Lord. Uh, he goes to Hades, okay? And so he's in a place where uh, there's torment and he's saying, you know what, go tell my brothers. Uh, you know, if they, if they would you know, see an angel or something like that, they'd change their life. But the Lord tells him, no, that's not true. Um, we have everything that we need. And if we won't react to Jesus with what He has given us, even if an angel appeared to us, we would not change. So here's what I want to say to you this morning. I want to say, react to the light you're seeing. It is so crucial that you do. If you do not react when you feel conviction, okay, and I'm not talking about condemnation, I'm talking about conviction. Conviction is... You've done wrong, but there's been a price paid. And if you will simply uh, admit, okay, and bow to the Lord, you can receive forgiveness. And then you can be used of the Lord. Why am I standing up here this morning? Because I'm a, a, a really good guy. Those of you who know me know that's not true. I'm able to stand here this morning because um, so far, <laughs> so far when God says, Kirk, you're doing wrong, This isn't my way. So far, I'm saying, okay, God, okay. This is humiliating. I don't like this. This kind of makes me mad. But you're king, and so I'm going to say, okay. It's so crucial that you do this. And this morning, as I was thinking about this, I was just thinking about there's so many of you here that I'm so grateful for because your lives are a picture of what I'm talking about. So many of you here today that when God comes to you and says, this is wrong, instead of you trying to cover up 
and make it look good, you've said, okay, God, okay. And because of that, God has radically changed your life. Are you living perfectly? No, you struggle every day, you struggle every week, but your life is radically different. And that is so rare today. I mean, as you look out across churches and uh, different people who claim to follow the Lord, most of what we find is what we found in the religious leaders of Jesus' time. We find people who, as Jesus describes them, were whitewashed tombs. They try to appear holy on the outside, but then you find that on the inside, they are full of dead men's bones. Now, I don't know what you were raised up in. I was raised up in Mormonism. And uh, I had an opportunity to go to Nauvoo, Illinois this week, which was uh, the home for several years of the prophet Joseph Smith that found Mormonism. And I was doing some, some study up there. And uh, while we were there, we had these uh, LDS people who were constantly trying to convert us. They were supposed to be, you know, our tour guides for different things, but they spent 95% of the time sharing their, quote, testimony, which, by the way, their testimony is what they have been told to say. It's not about what Jesus has done in their life. It is literally something that's regurgitated that, that they're told to say. Um, and it's so frustrating to me because I see these people following this prophet, okay, Joseph Smith, and who's, here's who this guy was. This guy started off... Uh, trying to swindle people out of money, telling him, telling them he could find treasure for them. Okay, that didn't work. You know, he had some. Uh, he was taken to court and so on for that. Well, he goes on and you know he comes up with this whole new book that's like the the Bible, um, but of course none of it has ever been found to be true. Um, he starts this city called Nauvoo, Illinois. Now, some of you have probably never heard of this little bitty place. But in the 1800s, this place rivaled Chicago in population. Uh, and Joseph Smith had set himself up as the leader of the Mormon church, the mayor of Nauvoo, the justice of the peace in Nauvoo, and the commander of the army. He was the king. He was all of it. And uh, for five years, he was enjoying a lot of wealth. And he even was running for president. Many of you probably don't know that, but he was running for president. But here's what happened. Uh, there were some people who got a printing press together and decided to print some negative things about him. And by the way, he was also uh, a womanizer. He had multiple wives and so on. Uh, I mean, the guy just, I, I mean, he, he was a mess, okay? Um, so, but they get this printing press together and they start putting out things telling the truth about him. So here's what he does. He gets his army together, which, by the way, maybe I didn't say this. Nauvoo had their own militia. It was like over 3,000 people. Okay? He had his own army. The state of Illinois allowed this. He had his own army. Some people printed some bad stuff. He told his militia, go in, take it out. That's what they did. Well, the state hears about this, and they take him to jail. Okay? But then in jail, uh, he actually gets away with the charges. They come up with something else, and some people end up killing him, okay, in Carthage, Illinois. And so we were up there seeing some of this. But here, here, here's the thing. Despite all of this stuff, uh, I mean, that this guy did, there are still people that continue to follow him and think that him and Jesus are, are just like this. They're blinded. Why are they blinded? Here's why they're blinded. 
they will not really be open with their sin. Oh, they'll say, oh yeah, I'm a sinner. Okay. Oh, I'm not perfect. Maybe you're in that boat. I'm not perfect. You know, I, I don't. Okay, great. That's not what makes the difference. What makes the difference is when we will be open and honest with where we're specifically sinning. You know, right here, okay? I, I'm, I'm doing this wrong. And we, we lay it down before the Lord. And there are so many of you here that are doing that. And I just want to say what an encouragement it is because as you go around from church to church, that's hard to find. I mean, you'll find plenty of people who'll just, yeah, oh yeah, I'm not perfect. Oh yeah, you know, I, but okay, well, what? You know, where, where did you sin this week? Go ahead and tell me about that. Well, when we get to that place, we find life. We find life and God uh, embraces us. And as Scripture says, He exalts the humble and He humbles those who seek to exalt themselves. So, I just want to share with you this morning that the life that raised Jesus from the dead is available for you. But here's the thing. Are you willing to be open and honest uh, with where you're at and to say, Jesus, this is where I'm at. The beauty is it doesn't matter how ugly it is. His grace is sufficient. But wherever you're at, if you're not willing and you want to try to paint it out to be something better than it is, then you will find yourself as the Roman soldiers or the Pharisees and you will find yourself blinded by the light and you won't be able to see where to go because our sin blocks it and it keeps it. But God's making an offer. He's not looking to condemn you. He's looking to remove it. He paid the price. But it is so hard. You know, for all, for all of those, my family, I love them to death, okay? But most of my family is wrapped up in Mormonism. And here's the thing, for those wrapped up in Mormonism, they work way harder than most other religious people I know. But they won't be open and honest with their true sin. You see, what I've found is I would much rather work my tail off than admit my sin. And that's a way for all of us. But if we will stop and just be open and honest, God will remove it and He will breathe life into us. That's available for you today. So as we end our time worshiping in song, I just want to invite you to respond to the Lord. Um, it, respond as the Spirit leads. Even if you don't know the God, He can work in you. Okay, Talk to Him. Talk to Him in the language that you know, okay? Just be open and honest with Him. And then if you do that, and you want to proceed and, and, and walk with Him more, come talk to me. Or talk to someone in this church family that you know, and we'll tell you how to do that very thing. Father, thank You. Um, thank You again for just something to celebrate. Thank You for each life in here that You not only created, but You died for. And, and you want to transform them into something beautiful, Lord. That image that is yours that you have placed in every person. I just pray that every person would receive that. I pray that the darkness that has bound every one of us would just be broken. And that we would not be blinded, Lord, by your light. But it, that it would illumine the path that you want us to walk. Thank you for that grace. In Jesus' name, amen. If you would stand, please. We're going to end our time ministering.